Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. We are going to continue where we left off last week. Uh, remember again, we had the tremendous revelation that God is love. And now the Apostle John is going to talk about that love. He is going to talk about how that love is manifested. And I'd like to read a quote from William MacDonald who puts it so well when he says in the verses to follow, he says, we have a description of the manifestation of God's love in three tenses. Okay, as in past, present and future. All right. He says, first of all, in the past, he says it, that is God's love was manifested to us as sinners. And this is again our past, okay, in the gift of his only begotten son. We're going to be seeing that in verses 9 through 11. Next he goes on to say, in the present, it, which is God's love again, is manifested to us as saints, hallelujah, in his dwelling in us. And that's going to be in verses 12 through 16. Praise God. And then he goes on to say, in the future, it will be manifested to us in giving us boldness in the day of judgment. That's how God's love is going to be manifested to us in three time periods. Our past, our present, and our future. Praise God. And that love will continue to work in our lives. Praise the Lord. And we're going to be receiving from God tremendous blessings along the way, as you know. Remember again, so much of um, what is written by the apostles Always go back to God's love. It always goes back to because God loves us. We have so much that we are blessed with. And in here, the Apostle John is going to be talking about and going to be showing us how that blessing is imparted to us in our past, in our present, and in our future. So first of all, we're going to look at verse 9. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9, where he says, In this, the love of God was manifested to us. Now, Thomas of Johnson writes, he says, literally translated, I know I want to read on, but let me just stop here for a second because you need to get a revelation here. Literally translated, this first part of verse 9 reads, by this was manifested the love of God among us. Listen again. He says, by this was manifested the love of God among us. God who is love, concretely and specifically, showed his love, that is manifested, that love, in an event in history. God is the God who acts. Oh, I really love that. <laughs> okay? God doesn't procrastinate. God is a God who acts. Hallelujah. And who always acts in a way consistent with his nature, which is holiness and love. And that's the reason why it goes on to say, in verse 9, he says that God has sent... Now notice the action on God's part, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world. Now Simon J. Kistemacher writes, he says, I'll talk about this more in just a moment. Simon J. Kistemacher says, note the wording. He says, John mentions not the name Jesus or Christ. Instead, he uses the word Son to call to attention the intimate Father-Son relationship and mark out Jesus uniquely above all earthly and heavenly beings. Now, I want to bring something out in all of this. I don't want to talk to you about this as well. But one of the things that I want to bring out, first of all, is, you know, we're in a time right now that, you know, faith is an important part of our lives, that we need to believe and we need to receive and so on and so forth. But I want you to see something here. Something else is being brought out by the Apostle John that I think is very uh, um, applicable right now to the situations that we're facing. And I guess any time in our life when we're facing any kind of trouble, 
uh, in our life. The, and that the, the revelation is this, as much as you need faith, and the Apostle John is the one that says, and this is the uh, victory that overcomes uh, the world, our faith. Okay, so we, we know faith is important. All right. However, I want you to see something that the Apostle John is saying right now. And that is he's saying, listen, besides your faith, you need to realize that that faith needs to come from somewhere. You know, if we are um, trying to believe something, okay, if we have trouble around us and there are situations that are going on around us that are scary, all right? Let me just put it that way, okay? And I think you know what I'm talking about. And, and you know, we're thinking, do we have enough faith? And, you know, we're really concerned about that. The Apostle John is bringing out something tremendous here and he's saying, listen, this is not just about you. This is not just about you trying to have faith. And do you have enough faith? You need to realize something that God loves you and that love manifests in so many ways. And one of the ways that, that, God, that love manifests is in the way that God sent his son. In other words, this is a God who acts. In other words, this is a God who will act on your behalf to help you, to bless you, to do whatever he can to, to look after you in perilous times. Hallelujah. And you need to have faith that God, even in those times when you know you're not doing so well, right? You know, because we can't always be just there, giants of faith, you know, just doing awesome things as much as we like to think that we are and we do. You know, there are times that we go into a bit of a valley, you know, and the faith, we can't find where the faith is and we don't even know what faith is some days. All right. You need to realize something that in those times, God isn't going to say, well, you see, that person doesn't have any faith, right? I'm just going to leave, you know, because they don't have faith. They can just can face the consequences is not what will happen. Listen to me, family. What this is bringing out is that even when you may have, you know, low points in your life, there is still the love of God. You need to realize something. Even though your faith may be low, your trust in God to look after you is always going to be there for one reason, that he loves you. Did you hear that? It's not necessarily, and remember, family, you know, we do love God, but this is not based on our love for God. This is based on God's love for us. Did you get that revelation? If you get that, it will get you through this difficult time right now. And you'll just be so blessed to, to realize something. All right, Lord, I might not be there in my faith. And I might not be, you know, where I should be, need to be, think I should be, <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, but one thing I know, I know that you love me. And I know that you are looking after me. And that's enough. And from there, you know, it is from a place of peace that we can begin to develop faith and confidence and boldness. If we are frantic on the inside, if we are concerned and worried, then our faith will be stifled because faith works by love. Listen, and that love is the, not just the love of God in you, but it is the love that God is showing you. It is your trust. It is your um, confidence that God loves you, that he will look after you and he'll take care of any deficiencies in your life through grace. Did you hear that word? Grace. Hallelujah. Amen. So are you, this is why we're looking at this today. And this is the reason why I'm ministering this to you today and why I think it's going to make such a big difference in your life, family, that you know that there is a God who loves you. And wherever you are in your faith, there is grace. 
and he will continue to look after you despite what the enemy and whatever charges the enemy brings against you, you know, that you don't have enough faith or you haven't been reading the word enough or you haven't been praying enough or whatever it is, God will stand there and say, no, he, this is my child. She is my child. Hallelujah. And knowing that will help you to develop your faith. Amen. Amen. I pray that this helps you. All right, moving on. Now I can move on. Okay. <laughs> Simon just, Simon, Simon, Simon J. Kissamaka writes, note, this is something else I want to bring out. Note the, he says again, note the wording. John mentions not the name Jesus or Christ. Instead, he uses the word son. Now, this is something else that you need to pick up on in everything that I've said. He's calling attention to the intimate father-son relationship and marking Jesus out uniquely above all other earthly and heavenly beings. In other words, what he's trying to do is he's trying to show us how much God loved us in that he sent something that was really precious to him. Something that is unique. Someone that was, you know, uh, apart from everything and everyone else. Someone who was extraordinary to pay a price for you. Are you beginning to see this now? Are you beginning to see how much God loves you right now? He was willing to do that for you in the past. If he was, and re let me rephrase it. If he was willing to do that for you in the past, how much will he do for you right now? Right now when you need him. Amen. God will not turn his back on you. Hallelujah. He's got his arms wrapped around you. All I'm going to ask you to do is don't jump out. <laughs> okay. Stay in there. Stay safe. Praise God. All right. Accordingly, in his commentary, John MacArthur says that the term only begotten emphasizes the uniqueness of Christ as the only one of his kind. This same emphasis is brought out in the Gospel of John when the Apostle John says, and I'm going to turn to John chapter 1 and verse 14. John chapter 1 and verse 14, where remember again, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory, listen, as of the only begotten of the Father. He is unique. Amen? So here again, we see the uniqueness of the Son, this time described as the only begotten of the Father, showing again that he was truly one of a kind. Listen, with Thomas of Johnson saying that while there are many children of God, there is only one Son of God in this sense. Now, I want you to catch a hold of that. God so loved the world. And I, I, we're getting to this, in fact. In, this is, uh, let me just read it to you. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And we're going to, look, we're going to be seeing that in 1 John 4 and verse 9, the latter half, when he goes on to talk about that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. This is, this, this is really bringing out what Jesus said and John recorded in his gospel when Jesus himself said, for God so loved. You know, I, I love those two words, so loved. You know, God didn't just love. God so loved. And that's, the same God that so loves you right now. No matter how lonely you're feeling, no matter how uh, vulnerable you're feeling, there is a God that so loves you. <laughs> okay, I know that's bad English, but I think you get it. And that's why he says that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, and family, I know you believe in him. He said, should not perish, but have everlasting 
life. Let's go and see how this is brought out in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9 when he goes on to say that God sent his only begotten son. Again, he said this in, in this, remember again, the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world. Listen, that we might live through him. Not that we're going to die, <laughs> okay, whenever the first sort of thing comes against us, whether it's an epidemic or a pandemic or anything else. Notice he says, so that we might live through him. It's always through him. Do you know why? Because he paid the price. That price has always, listen to me. And let me bring you another revelation right now while I'm thinking about this. You know, the fact that Jesus died for us continues on regardless of whether we have faith or not. Regardless of whether we're in a valley or whether we're in a mountaintop, that, that fact remains. That Jesus died. And see, I want to, I really want to help you anchor your heart and your, your mind on this fact. That regardless of where, where I am in my faith, Jesus still died. The price was still paid. So I am still redeemed. Okay. And the devil still doesn't have a right to come against me because when I received him as Lord, remember whoever believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. The moment I believed in him, from that moment onward, regardless of where I was, he is still my Lord. Get this now. Right now, wherever you are, he is still Lord. And that's the reason why I said you need to rest in that. You know, don't be trying hard, you know, to the point of exhaustion to just generate faith. You just rest in the fact that what Jesus did remains there as a fact. And that it is there and the devil can't, he really can't um, compromise what has already been done. That's, that's the reason why, you know, once he paid the price, it was paid. It was, it was paid for all time. Which is why it says in the, in the epistles, had he known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Because it really messed everything up. I want you to realize how privileged you are. As a child of God in his family and how you are how you can receive things that the world has no access to right now and why we shouldn't just receive these blessings but we should be praying for those that can't get a hold of these things amen because as much as God shows love to us we are we are to show that love back out to others amen Amen. Let me just move on here. Simon J. Kistemacher writes, God gave his son to die on the cross so that we may have eternal life. He gave his son to us. Think about that. He gave his son to us. This message is too profound. We are unable to fathom the depth of God's love for us. I, I really want to stop there for a second. This is, I think this is one of the biggest problems we face. I think one of the things that we don't really comprehend is how much God actually loves us. And the reason is because there's so much out there telling us that God's mad at everybody and God is the one that's bringing all this and he's trying to teach people lessons and all of that stuff that is not from God, family. That comes from hell itself. And yes, you know, God will avenge you. And, and it's not that 
uh, you know, God doesn't take vengeance. And, you know, we see that in the Israelite, you know, the, the, the Israelites when they were escaping from Egypt and, you know, when, when Pharaoh's armies were after them and he squared their wheels, you know, that was, you know, that wasn't pleasant for that army. Okay. I'm just saying that. And then later, not as bad as there was, the next thing that happened, they all drowned as well. You know, I mean, it went from bad to worse. So there is a God, you know, some people say, well, God will never do anything bad. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, there is a judgment there. There is a God who looks after his kids. The problem is preachers have been putting us in that category. And they've been saying, well, God is going to do that to you as well. No, he does that to people that are trying to harm you. He's not doing that to you. He will never do that to you because you are a part of his family. Are you with me? And you really need to get that revelation. This is why it says that, you know, we are, this is the, the love of God is so profound. It is difficult for us to fathom what that love is. It's difficult for us to fathom the love that is going to in the future show us incredible things and can't wait for us to get to him to show us things that he has created out in the universe that we should have been seeing by now, but we didn't, you know, because we we fell and, and sinned into this world and ever since then redemption has been in play rather than what should have been happening. We, we being with God and him showing us all the works of his hands and us just being in awe, okay, most of the time. And we've got all that coming up. So praise God for that. But once again, the, the, the point that I want to make in all of this, what the, the message that I want to bring to you today. And again, I'm not racing through these verses because I need you to get a revelation. I don't want you to have information. You know, I could go through this, read you some awesome quotes and just, you know, just go from one thing to the next. And all that will happen is you'll have knowledge for a little while and it will pass away. I really don't want that. I really want you to receive the revelation of God's love. I want you to receive a revelation that will carry you through these times. Amen. Notice also the final two words, through him. With Thomas F. Johnson explaining that through him means by means of him. Now listen to this. He says by means of him, through who he is and what he has done. In other words, when the Apostle John says that we might live through him, it means that we live by means of him, through who he is and what he has done. That's what allows us this life. In fact, the Apostle Paul expressed it so well when he said in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. Listen, he says, it is no longer I who live. It is no longer I who live. Family, you need this revelation right now. Right now in this time, you need this revelation. It is no longer you who live. He goes on to say, but Christ lives in me. Did you hear that? I told you again. This is based on God's love. This isn't about just our faith. And our faith plays a great part in this. We're going to see that in just a moment. But you need to understand that God's love for us is trying to do everything that he can to bless us. We just need to receive it. Amen? And so he goes on to say, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. So he's saying right now, this is not a future life. This is a now life. This is right now the life that I live in the flesh. He says, I live by faith. I want to stop there for a minute. It says in the Son of God, but let me just say, I live by faith. Our whole life is a life of faith. And it isn't faith, you know, necessarily constantly moving mountains. Now that's fantastic. That's great. And that's wonderful. But I want to turn your attention to something else. Something I've been talking to you about throughout this message. 
And that is God's love for us. Listen, I want you to have faith. I just, you know, if you can't have faith in anything else, I just want you to have faith in one thing. God loves me and he will not let this thing destroy me. Can you do that? Can you just say that? You just say that out loud to yourself, right? Oh, say it out loud. But you, so you can hear it, okay? Say, God loves me too much to let anything bad happen to me. That's as simple as it is. I could be more eloquent, but I think you get the point. Amen? And let your faith come from that. Because the next thing that you, you know, this is how faith will begin to rise. Since God won't allow, did you hear the word since? Okay? Since God won't allow this to come on me, now I'm going to build my faith so that God's life in me begins to emanate out and kill everything around that is not of God, that's trying to get on me. Get that? Do you see how that works? You need to know, first of all, you're protected. And then you can go on the offensive. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can say, not only am I protected, and that's God's job to protect me. I'm going to do something else now. I'm going to allow that life, that eternal life that is in me right now to begin to come out and start to affect everything around me. Hallelujah. But you can only do that when you know how much God loves you and that God is protecting you. Amen? Amen. All right. Uh, I need to finish this off. Uh, so returning again to... Uh, oh, wait. No, wait. I haven't finished in Galatians 2.20. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he says here again, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, by faith in the Son of God. Listen, who loved me? Did you hear those words? I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you get that? Do you get what I've been trying to get across to you? He loves you. He gave himself for you. Of course, he will protect you. Just let him. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So with that, let me read this verse and conclude again. Why the Apostle John says again, back in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Amen? Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank You today.